Let's give it up for Kirsten. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Benjamin. Oh, just alongside, just so people can see. Maybe I'll slip that back a bit. How's that? People see that? Righty. Welcome. Hello. Yes, I'm Kirsten. Uh, I've been part of Unite for close on 22 years. I love this family. I love doing life with you guys and uh, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> um, my family, um, oh, I do need a clicker. Someone hasn't given me a clicker, sorry. I do need a clicker to put, um, I've got some slides. Oh, there we are, no, we're up there, hello. That's my family, my beautiful family. So I'm married to Dave, beautiful Dave. And we have five gorgeous children, um, Juliana, Georgia, Jethro, Eden and Ruby. So the older ones are all living away, three older ones, three, um, two up north and uh, one is travelling through Southeast Asia. He's somewhere out there. <laughs> Give that one to God. Thank you for looking after him. And we have two young ones who are here with us today, still at home. Um, during my day, I spend time helping Dave in his accountancy practice and buzzing around this place quite a bit, which I love. So I do want to say just a big welcome to everybody here, every single person. Thank you so much for being here today and uh, church family, obviously. But I do want to speak to the guest Thank you for taking time to be here today. And there will be, like uh, Karen said, there will be some unfamiliar stuff. Perhaps you're totally unfamiliar with Christianity. Perhaps you're totally unfamiliar with church. And in all honesty, it can be a bit mysterious. But um, I've been a Christian for 22 years now, and I'll just let you in on something. It's still mysterious. Um, I think, yeah, we have a mysterious God, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> um, my, my plea to you really is just be open just be open. Um, so our theme this month, I do need to do some clicking. <laughs> How do I click? That way. That way. Sorry, I haven't had a lesson. Is it that one? No. Sorry. Help. <laughs> I'm a techno dinosaur. That one. There, oh, no. Back we go. Right. Thank you. We all need help, don't we, sometimes? <laughs> Some more than others. <laughs> okay, so the theme this month at Unite is spirit-filled, living a full and empowered life. And um, that's what I'm going to talk about today. It's my story of giving it back to God. Um, I have this painting, this beautiful painting, which was painted by our good friend Meredith um, and Jenny, my darling friend Jenny, has it hanging on her wall usually. And I wanted it here because I really think it encapsulates my story. Um, the, joy, the, the joy of coming close to God. This is me. This is God. This, is, this could be you. This is God. Um, coming close uh, and, and drawing close to him, being open to him. And I'm going to tell you the story of him, him filling what I would call a God-shaped void, discovering his Holy Spirit, uh, walking with his Holy Spirit. And you know, it's only by his grace and his power that as I was able to submit my pride uh, and draw close to him, he drew close to me. And I want to add the word, for eternity. This is not just for here, it's for eternity. Um, the Holy Spirit came to live with me, just like Dave shared before, so beautifully. Thank you, David. Um, he's come to live with me, to live in me, and come upon me so I can live a more empowered life. I would not want to go back to the old me. You will see why soon as I share my story. Um, and in preparing for this um, I was just constantly reminded that I've got to rely on Holy Spirit for the outcome here today. There is an outcome for today. 
You guys will be touched. I know that. He told me so. <laughs> be prepare. You know, Kirsten had to get her pen and her paper and her thinking cap on and do some research. But I know the power comes from on high to change lives. And uh, I just kept committing it to him. That's my job. Keep committing it to him. So in that vein, I want to point this somewhere. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yes. Um, I want to pray. Lord God, I just thank you that you are here. Your Holy Spirit is in this place and you want to impact people. You want to bring revelation and you're doing it already before I even say a word. You've done it. You're going ahead of me. Um, you want people to break free of the confines of their old lives. I know that. You, you gave me a picture and you said it is time for something new for the people of this house. It is time for something fresh. I got a picture of a chick. You'll see a chick up there breaking free from the egg that it's contained in. And you said to me, you said, it's time. It's time. And you also showed me that picture of a steering wheel. And it had hands gripping tightly onto that. It's like people gripping tightly onto their lives and trying to steer their own lives. Lord, I'm just praying right now into this place. The, the words from James 4, which talk about uh, submitting to God, uh, drawing close to him. And then I know that you will do your part of the deal. You will draw close to them. So right now, I'm just going to release openness to your spirit. Right now, I release openness, open hearts and minds, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I release good gifts that uh, you have for each and every single person here today. Amen. Woo, right. Let's see if I can get this right again. Yes. Okay. So we're going to start with a little lesson because I'm a bit teachy. Um, it's called Spirituality 101. Um, just so we can all get on the same page, you know what I'm talking about. So a human being is a spirit with a body and with a soul. I don't say a human being is part spirit, part body, part soul, because I believe that the human is a spirit being. We live in a body, here we go, pretty obvious, isn't it? And we have a soul. The soul is the mind, the emotions, and the will. Um, the spirit is a little harder to fathom, so I went and visited Uncle Google, because he knows it all, most of it. <laughs> and this is what he told me. The spirit is the principle of conscious life. It's the vital principle in humans animating the body or mediating between body and soul. It's a person's character. It's the undying essence of a person. Now, I wonder, has anyone heard of Blaise Pascal? Yes, there we go. Grace has. He was a French child prodigy, for those that don't know. He was a mathematician a physicist, an inventor, a writer, a theologian, a whole bunch of stuff, obviously very intelligent. But he had this amazing quote I love, and I'm just going to quote it now. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God, the creator made known through Jesus Christ. I believe that. I truly believe that. Someone else does too. Where is she? There she is. Who's that? Demi Lovato. For those who don't know, famous pop star. And I saw this awesome um, headline, thank you Susie, on your Facebook post, that Demi Lovato gets baptised, fills God-shaped hole in heart. Now you look at these famous celebrities and you might think, yep, they got it all. They got it all, in worldly terms at least. But this pop star was very troubled and she actually had a near-fatal overdose, um, drug overdose last year took the wrong drug, Dave, wherever you are. 
Um, but she told her 74.5 million, it's quite a few, Instagram followers this. Spirituality is so important to me. I was very grateful for the opportunity to be able to fill the God-shaped hole in my heart. And here she is, beautiful lady. No, she's not. Oh, there we are, she's getting baptised. Just like some other people around here today. Now, I'm no celebrity, but I'm human too. And I came to that same realisation that I had a God-shaped hole in my heart. Jesus is the only answer. So life-changing. Right, we've got some verses up there. Now, those are the verses that come out of uh, Zechariah uh, 4, 6, 10, which are the basis for this month, for Spirit-filled month. But that one is one of my all-time favourite verses in the Bible. Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might, nor power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And I particularly love the message version. You can't force these things. They only come about through my spirit. Now, just some backstory. They come out of um, the Old Testament. Zerubbabel was the governor. He was back in the 500s BC. And he was called by God to do this incredibly daunting, seemingly impossible task of laying the foundation of a ruined temple in Jerusalem. He had to completely rebuild it. Now, my point is this. He had to get his hands dirty. Dave joked, you know, rubble's a rubbable. He had to get into the rubble. Um, and he had to get his hands dirty. He had some work to do. But, I love with God, there's so many buts. <laughs> but, God. <laughs> he was blessed to hear this. Not by might, nor power, but by my, by my spirit. And that is my story. And it can be yours too. I didn't fix my broken down life by my own might, my own power, in fact, not by any other spiritual powers, and there were quite a few I was involved in, only God's spirit. As I opened myself up, he rebuilt my temple. He rebuilt my entire life. Now, yay. Okay, we've got some verses there. I came to the place of acknowledging that that particular verse there and another one that's going to come up shortly are true. It's Matthew 7, 13 to 14, and it's all about narrow and wide gates goes like this. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. There we go. Jesus, in the same vein, said this in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow. Pretty, uh, pretty direct, un-PC uh, verses, I'd say. They've offended people in the past. Well, I know, because they actually once upon a time offended me. Um, and they will continue to, no doubt, because the narrow gate, the narrow road, it's a single choice, it's a single decision that you only have access to, Jesus, uh, to God through Jesus Christ. It's God putting some conditions on us finding him. Hey, are you like me? Do you like conditions? <laughs> I, I assume not. Humans generally don't, eh? We like to be our own masters, find our own way. But the amazing thing is, in those offensive statements, there is this massive demonstration of the huge love that God has for mankind. It's his way of providing access to him, to his blessings. Finding that narrow gate and finding that narrow road was my incredible, life-changing experience. Now, I was going to have a little video, but I'm going to do this. In fact, it's going to be in 30 seconds flat. This is just to get everyone on the same page because I, I want you to know the simple, profound thing, the one thing you can do to fill a God-shaped void if you have one in your heart. 
It's the gospel message in a nutshell. Here we go. God created the universe, created man, man sinned, and because God is perfect, he cannot have sin in his presence. There's this massive chasm. There's this gap. If you imagine through there, right? His son Jesus was sent to be the bridge between God and humanity. He is the one that chose to go to the cross, so he carried our sin, and he rose again as well. He's, he's alive and kicking. <laughs> so we can have relationship with God for how long? <laughs> Eternity, man. <laughs> it's a long time. So there are three simple ways, three simple words, I should say, to become a Christian. They need to come from the heart. They are really powerful because they lead to a very powerful outcome. And here we go. There they are. Easy peasy. Sorry, thanks, and please. I'm sorry for my sin. I thank you, Jesus, that as the Son of God, you took my place on the cross. You forgave my sin and you rose again. And please, come and be the Lord of my life. Oh, those three words. I finally, finally, finally uttered those when I was 33. And later, you are going to get the opportunity to declare those words from your heart too, if you would like. Three more words. Only little, really tiny words. There we go. Big significance. In, with, and upon. So, when we choose to become a Christian, Holy Spirit comes to be with us. Not only that, he comes to live in us. You see, I'll just give you a little... Uh, this is the mysterious bit, guys. Prepare yourselves. Jesus died, rose again, left earth, back to the Father, and that's where he waits in eternity for us. And there's this thing, have you heard of the Trinity? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three entities, yet all one. Mystery, huh, right there. So Father God is on the throne in heaven. Jesus is seated at his right hand, advocating for us. Meantime, Holy Spirit has been sent to earth to be with us, to guide us, to teach, to counsel, to comfort, to empower. So yeah, he's with us. He's in us. He's also, he makes himself available to come upon us for service. So we can receive what's called anointing. Another word for that, power. And what's more, we can release that power. Woo! So, you know, just like Zerubbabel, Old Testament, he didn't actually have the Spirit living in him at that stage, but he was able to have the Spirit come upon him and bring power to do this massive task, right? As Christians, we can receive power for tasks. I could tell you thousands of examples of where I have been at a loss uh, working in my own might and power, and then the Spirit has come into it and made all the difference. Today, I'm just telling you about one. That's how I receive power to fill that void in my heart. I just think, how awesome is it, guys, that the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us? I want to say this. It's up to us to draw on it. It is really sad when we don't. And not only sad for us, sad for everyone around us. It's all about pressing in. That's the way you'll get a fuller, more empowered life. And I want to kick off now into my journey. That was my experience, and it can be yours. Here we go. I'm terrible at this, aren't I? <laughs> there we go. Right. I've broken it into four significant points in my life. Uh, the journey, the revelation, the decision, and the best bit, the amazing, amazing outcome. Now, I'm a bit frightened about what these photos are going to look like because I provided three for one slide, so... Uh, yeah, a bit elongated, but hey, there you go. That's Kirsten when she was quite a bit younger. Not that long ago. <laughs> anyway, the journey, right. So before I was 33, I was not a Christian. And 
looking back now, I see how empty and powerless my life was. I wore this beautiful mask, this elaborate, well, not beautiful, just elaborate, elaborate mask on the outside, looking very happy with myself there, flying high over Wellington in a, a high-flying job, literally. <laughs> um, yep, living the life. Anyway, supposedly, inside, I was empty. There was a void. Can anyone here relate to that? Could you be carrying a void that you've tried filling and yet nothing really fully satisfied? Um, as a child and into my teens, into my 20s, despite a loving, really loving, supportive family, huge provision, I had an undeniable deep sense something was missing and I could not put a finger on it. I'd mull on this void. I, I used to, I can remember wishing, oh, I wish there was a guidebook. You know, some kind of obvious access, how to live my best life, how to satisfy that in me. Just like Demi Lovato, you know, that sense of the undying essence in me, the spirit. And honestly, I tell you today, until Holy Spirit filled that spot, there was no lasting peace. Silver spoon in my mouth, something missing. Materialistic stuff I added to uh, my life. I threw myself into work, uh, competitiveness, there was busyness, and there was a big delving into New Age spirituality. I can't say I stuffed everything into that void, but I sure as heck tried a lot, and none of it satisfied. From a young age, I was actually really aware of the spiritual. I was really intrigued, really drawn to it. Um, some might have heard of Yuri Geller. He was a psychic, paranormal guy, into telepathic powers, all that jazz. That fascinated me. At the grand old age of 11, a family member decided in their great wisdom to introduce me to something called the Widgie Board. Crazy. So that's communication with the dead to try and get guidance for your life. Uh, there were New Age books, New Age teachings. I was intrigued, drawn in, hungry. But as intrigued and drawn in as I was, none of those teachings, none of those experiences brought lasting peace. There were little touches, I grant you that, but the void reigned. And what's more, I was a real warrior. I was anxious. I would spend nights awake, consumed with thoughts. I would um, regret having said things, regret having done things. And I was really uptight about the might. Oh, that might happen. Oh, that might happen. And the thoughts would go round and round. It was like being a rat on a wheel. Lots expected the worst. Can anyone here relate to that? And I had depression at times. I lacked self-esteem. I lacked confidence. Real shy. You would not have found me up here, I can tell you that. There was purposelessness and there was anger. We got to 1997. I was really stressed. Um, Dave and I both going through a lot of stuff and I uh, had eczema. Dave had a decade-long um, fight at that stage with an autoimmune disease. And we had three kiddies under six. A little bit busy. Uh, and Dave was so ill, he got to the point where he could not actually work. He was five foot ten and down to 60 kgs. Here we go. Where is he? Come on, Dave. Show yourself. Oh, there he is. Oh, no, there's not. <laughs> you might like to do that for me. I'll give you the nod. <laughs> oh, that top one. Yeah. Oh, I suppose. I'm not using the little one. Thank you, Lodge. Sorry, guys. Okay, five foot ten, just to prove he was a very sick man, 60 kgs, anemic pale, off work, looking bad, um, incurable, said the doctors, you're going to need transfusions, you're going to need operations, etc. Well, that catapulted Kirsten onto a desperate, desperate search for a cure. This new, new age interest in spirituality really ramped up, including alternative medicine therapies, the works, so crystals, homeopathy, massive dietary changes, um, even raisin washing, that's a private joke for my children listening in, and Elijah, um, uh, hypnotism, iridology, astrology, numerology, yoga, the widgie board, and more. Anyway, on to the revelation. So, oh, that's easier. Oh, no. 
That's the revelation we've got already. Um, I'm going to just share quickly three significant revelations I had about God on my journey. The first was a healing miracle for me. I was down at Founders at the New Age um, Festival of Possibilities. Right bang in the middle was one stall led by Christians. And they just simply asked, would you like prayer for anything? My eczema was dreadful. They laid hands on me, and the most comforting presence ever hit me. It was peace beyond all imagination. And I'm, I'm just going to go away from my notes right now because I want you to receive that right now. I'm going to release that into this room. I'm going to give you a taste of what God wants for each and every single person. The unbeliever, Christian, doesn't matter. Let's just be open to him. I just release right now. Would you put your hands out if you're wanting this? I release the peace of God into this room. Give him a taste, God. Give him a taste of what could be had. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Woo. Right, find my notes. Okay, warming up. <laughs> my second revelation was also a healing miracle. It was for Dave this time. And um, I'd heard a ra- uh, an interview on the radio. This guy was suffering from exactly the same disease as Dave. And he'd had prayer in the name of Jesus. And he was healed. Not a single sign of that disease left. Dave and I listened to it. It was a tape, you know, back in the old days. Good old tapes. Used to get tangled. <laughs> anyway. In that moment, our spirits were touched, undeniably touched. We bawled our eyes out, both of us. We didn't even know God at that stage. And at the same time, around that time, I'd been a a customer at the organic shop, and I had this conversation with one of the ladies there. And this one day, she made a really ugly suggestion of how to cure Dave. And the two words, unfortunately, are still indelibly stuck in my brain. Are you ready? (laughs) Urine therapy. Hmm. No detail. I'm not going to give any detail, but the procedure involves exactly what you're thinking. One urine and two a cup. Ooh. Anyway, ooh. <laughs> ready and armed with what I thought was an amazing shock tactic, I went home and I gave my Dave an ultimatum. Hey Dave, would you like prayer or urine therapy? <laughs> Pretty obvious, huh? His face said it all. Um, oh, they're wacky. Both sound really wacky, but we all know which one he chose, eh? And that was our starting to really open up to the God of the Bible and draw close. Put down pride, submit to him, draw close to him. And you know what? He drew close to us. This is what happened. We had links to this church. So Kirsten got on the blower, talked to somebody. I can't remember who that person was, but I asked if the elders would come round and pray, just like the man in the interview had had done. And three wonderful men, two still in this church, Lynn over there and David T. I don't know if he's here today. They came to our house, armed with Bibles, anointing oil, and the love of Jesus. And they explain James 5, and in that, they say that if, you know, the sick person calls out for help, and they prayed for, they'll receive forgiveness and healing. Guess what? In our lounge, David experienced the undeniable love and power of God. Another one of those experiences that um, Dave Lee was talking about, it was like, uh, beam me up, Scotty, is how um, Dave, Dave refers to it. Light and power came into his body. The weight lifted off his shoulders. He'd had that disease for over a decade at that stage, and at that particular bout for more than nine months, the bleeding and the diarrhea stopped that night. Miraculously gone. And I'll tell you what, there was a difference in him. There was a new lightness. And from that experience of God touching us, we got the revelation that God did exist. He radically cared for us, and he was incredibly powerful. Now, close to a year later, there, but there were still no symptoms, but they did recur. And God spoke really clearly to Dave. He said, mate, that was the first healing. That was sovereign and miraculous and a wake-up call. But now I'm calling you not to just talk the talk. You're going to walk the walk with me. And it was a process. I just want to add that. It's a process as we draw close to God. 
And as Dave did that, he actually experienced full healing. He does not suffer that autoimmune disease anymore. That's a miracle. Thank you, Lord. Right. The third revelation was a vision. It was an undeniable uh, picture of me sitting on a fence. And there was this powerful sense of an evil force pulling me one way and good the other way. There was a huge fight on for my spirit in the spiritual realm. And I knew in that moment that I'd been stalling. I'd, there was a decision to make. I'd been creating a third kingdom. I'm stealing that from Paul Burden. <laughs> According to the Bible, there are only two kingdoms, good and evil. And God was revealing the narrow road to me. He was revealing um, the, the narrow gate and calling me onto the narrow road. And I had a choice between two kingdoms, not the third one of sitting on the fence. Oh, Satan loves to lure us with the grey, doesn't he? whether we're believers or long-term Christians. Finally, I realised Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father. Revelation, conviction, deep in my spirit from him to me. I have a question for you today. Are there areas in your life where you're sitting in the first kingdom, the second kingdom, or have you created a third kingdom that God doesn't actually exist? Food for thought. There's that beautiful painting again. Right, the decision. So in light of those amazing experiences, um, I made the best decision of my life ever. I submitted to God. Um, I uttered those three words, sorry, thank you, please. I became a Christian. The nagging empty void got filled and indescribable peace, indescribable joy, just incredible. Um, I'm so thankful that within three short days, Dave came to the Lord as well. We were baptised together in Tahuna Nui, in the wild and stormy seas. Look at the joy on that face. Um, it was, it, I just want to add, because we're having a baptism service today, that's next level. That is next level of submitting to God. And you know the Bible says, repent and be baptised. They go hand in hand. Um, I, I made a public declaration of my love for Jesus and the new levels of connection to God, new fullness in my life. Holy Spirit came upon me, brought power. Such a good decision, guys. Well done. Now, finally, I'm running over time, and I'm sorry. Oh, but here we go. The outcome, the best bit. I can't not do the best bit. So I gave my life to Christ, right? Bible calls that born again, and there was a change. Jesus said, says this in John 3, 5, 6. I tell you for certain, you cannot get into, the God, into God's kingdom. You must be born not only of water, but by the Spirit. Humans give life to their children, yet only God's Spirit can change you into a child of God. And oh, what a change. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was a child of God. Those new levels of peace and joy and hope and freedom and the receiving of forgiveness and the being able to give it out, and there were some doozies I had to give out for, uh, self-worth, purpose, wow. The anxiety, the worry, dealt with. Um, mind you, I did continue to submit to God and draw close, and, and, and it was a process. It wasn't all perfect immediately. I just want to say that, I want to add that, that actually it is a process. But as I kept res uh, responding to him and started um, getting conviction from him and responding and getting conviction and responding, the result was absolutely amazing. So in conclusion, I haven't just told you my story to tell you a story because it's a cool little story. I've brought it to bring fullness, to bring power into your lives. I want that, but way more importantly, God wants that. I've tried relying on my own might and power, other spiritual powers for healing and fulfilling that God-shaped hole. And I'm not saying don't do work in the natural. We need to be like Zerubbabel, get our hands dirty. But the difference comes when you, when you submit, when you draw close to him, when you submit your pride. And um, that's when the change, the radical empowerment comes. 
My question for you, will you give God opportunity to draw close to you? And I mentioned earlier about those pictures. Here we are. There we go. God gave me those pictures for a reason. There's a chick breaking out of a shell there. I'm wondering, is that you today? Are there walls that maybe you need to break through? Break through to God. Break through to a more full and empowered life. Or are you that person gripping tightly to the steering wheel, trying so hard in your own might and power to steer that car? The Lord's saying, let me help. Can you hear him? Would you like to hear him? Hey, if that's you, I ask you to stand to your feet right now and just in an act of submission, put out your hands or or you might like to kneel or you might like to whisper to him. You might like to shout to him, whatever it is. You might like to dance. I like to dance. (laughs) Just whatever it is. Some sort of way of saying, yes, I want this, Lord. I want this. I want to hear from you. I want to know you better. I want your peace. I want your power. I want your love. I want your hope. I want your joy. (sighs) Father God, I thank you for these precious, precious people. And I thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit that wants to do a move in this place today. Lord, I release right now your good gifts as these people have submitted to you. You draw close to them. Release your good gifts, Father. Would you release the peace of God into this place? Would you bring power for those people even to be able to think about breaking out of that egg? Would you release the power for them to just take the grip off that wheel? Lord, I know you keep your end of the deal. You draw close. Thank you for your love, your hope, your joy, your faithfulness, your power. I pray that in Jesus' name. I have one more thing to say. There's there's some people who are not here today that I got words for, but I hate to pick on you, Cindy, over here. My beautiful friend, Cindy. I had a a picture for you this morning, darling. And it's very much in keeping with this. And this will apply to others too, I'm sure. It's like climbing up, climbing up, climbing up that ladder, trying, trying, trying. I think it might be all about that, working in your own might and power. And God just heaved you up. It's like... We have two beautiful boys that have been the best of friends forever. And they're so on our hearts. And I, while I was worshipping here, Cindy, I got a picture of them being heaved up too. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. So just release that now in Jesus' name. Bless you all. Amen. Amen.